If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know that is a, a drumbeat we come back to again and again is speak to the Lord. Speak to the Lord. Hear the Lord. Listen to him. Let him guide you. Let him lead you. And, and one of the most important things he will lead you into is speaking to him and then speaking to his people. Someday, you will be strong and healthy forever. Essential to, to our caring for each other is we actually move toward each other rather than wait for somebody to move toward us. Every person is wrestling with those two basic problems. Problem of identity, problem of evil, whether it's coming at me or coming from within me. What is so remarkable in how the Bible approaches people in suffering, fully cognizant that they feel he's far away, is over and over and over again, it says he's near. Hi, my name is Alistair Groves, and I'm the host of Where Life and Scripture Meet, a podcast of CCEF, the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation, where our mission is to restore Christ to counseling and counseling to the church. So a while back, I was working in counseling with someone who'd been through a difficult experience with a particular church that, uh, that she had left under hard circumstances. And at one point, she asked me a question, which is a question I've heard many times before and, and many times since, both in counseling and out of it. But I remember for, for whatever reason, it was this particular moment where, where something kind of clicked for me, where I had a light bulb experience. And, and the question was, how do I know if I've really dealt with this? How do I know if I'm really processing this well? Am I in denial? Am I ignoring this? Am I stuffing this? Have I gotten over this? Am I past this? And the question takes various forms. But the question of, hey, something's happened in my life, and I am not sure if I'm actually doing a good job of responding to it. Am I, am I okay here? And what would it look like to, how would I know if I had in a, in a mature and, and significant way dealt with whatever it is that that's happened? I think it's a great question. And uh, it, it's one that sparked a significant amount of thought for me. What came out in this particular season of counseling with this particular woman was sort of a, a four-part answer to that question that I've just found really, really helpful. And it gives categories, not enough for some kind of easy answer, right? If you've ever listened to this podcast before, you know we're not into quick, easy answers and three steps to fix your problems. But I found these four categories, these four four buckets, these these four shelves on which to place various aspects of one's experience, just to be a helpful way of saying, all right, I think if I can say I've got things on all four shelves <laughs> and I've looked at all four shelves and thought about the situation through all four of these lenses, then, then I can have a, a confidence that I'm actually walking forward well, that I'm honoring the Lord in my response to this and I'm not hiding from it or refusing to deal with it or, or not acknowledging the impact it's had on me. I'm not bottling it up and really just, you know, in a pressure cooker recipe to explode down the road, shirking my my duty to handle the hard things in life. So I want I want to speak about those four and kind of lay them out. But as I do so, I, I can't I can't overstress how much 
I don't want to say to you, especially if you're listening to this and you're and you're someone who is in the thick of dealing with something hard, dealing with with something that's just been a traumatic experience, a, a heartbreak, something where you your life has been profoundly painfully rearranged. Um, my goal is not to say, hey, here it is. Here's your here's your formula. Go forward. Just do these things and it will all be okay. And the quicker, the better. I, I'm really wanting to offer these as a, a sense of process and an on, ongoing unfolding process that might unfold over quite a long time. And in fact, it might be iterative. You might go through and say, okay, yeah, I, I think I've I've done three of these four things. And and how do I do the fourth okay? And and you might come back a year later and say, you know, there's there's aspects of this I hadn't fully grasped. But you would have you would have categories to identify. Okay, here are maybe some threads then that I could go deeper with, or that would be a- appropriate and helpful to process um, still further. So uh, I'm not trying to short circuit anybody's sensitive timeline. It's it's going to be different for each person of of how this plays out. And by the same token, if you feel like, yeah, I've kind of looked through these four lenses and I I feel good about what I've thought through and the response I've made, that's fine. Uh, the goal is not to endlessly process and be navel gazers who spend our lives simply trying to think through our every experience, our, even our every hard experience, and process it in some exhaustive way. You'll never process anything exhaustively. You'll always be learning and growing and the more decades that pass, the more you'll have different kinds of reflections on things that happened a long time ago. And that's that's the Lord's mercy to us, that he is going to walk with us and he's going to meet us. And in each new season, he will teach us new lessons as our lives extend and as we see our history differently, as he brings different things into our lives and teaches and grows us and matures us and, and so on and so forth. Several years back, uh, David Pallison wrote an article titled, I'll Never Get Over It, Help for the Aggrieved which adds helpful perspective to today's episode. If you want to read the article, we're making it free for the next month, and you can see the show notes for more details. So with that said, let me offer four categories to think about when you've been through something difficult and you're in any way, shape, or form asking the question of, have I really processed this? Category number one, do I have anything that I brought into the situation that I need to repent of? So that's just boringly normal. Take the log out of your own eye before you take the speck out of your neighbors. You start with yourself. We are all sinners. So undoubtedly, you were a sinner during whatever the experience was. And and so there's going to be some level of, are there things that I have not seen? I've not owned. There's places where I need to repent and to yeah, just acknowledge I had an impact on the situation. And that repentance may be entirely before the Lord. It may include a, a repentance that you then need to go and and take with other people, but we'll say more about that in a moment. So repentance would, would be the first lens that I would put on the table. The second would be the lens of forgiveness. Are there places where wrong has been done against me where I need to forgive? I'll come back in a moment and say more about each of these categories, but let me just get them all out there. So repent, forgive, a third category would be, are there actions that I need to take? Uh, is there justice that needs to be pursued? Are there reparations that need to be made? So on and so forth. Wise guardrails and protections that need to be set up. New insights that need to be implemented. And then the fourth category, and this is the one I, I tend to find people are least thinking through well, so it's probably the place where we need to most slow down and spend our time, would be the category of lament. 
are there places where we're actually what processing, what what dealing, what what being able to move forward in a in a wise and healthy way looks like is is actually opening up my heart to the sorrows of what has happened, giving a name, giving words to what has been lost, what has been damaged, what is it that was hard about this situation? see if I can bring this uh, a little closer to us by by talking about, about the woman I had the chance to speak with. And I guess I should just start by saying she is someone who the genuineness of her desire to think well about her experience, to think biblically about her experience, to, to honor her Lord in the way that she handled the various different pains and, and discouragements and frustrations of this church situation. It was obvious. She was she was clearly someone who was who was a, a thoughtful, eager, Christianly processing woman, and, and it was just an honor and a privilege to get to to sort this out with her. Uh, she hadn't done everything perfectly; she was aware of some of that, but yeah, her heart was in the right place of saying, "Okay, I want to I want to understand as best I can." So, here here was her situation. She had moved to uh, a decent sized city, and had grown up in a more rural setting. And she got to the city and had her choice of churches and got involved with this church. And they were a pretty hip uh, church, pretty young church. And she really liked that. It was kind of cool. I've come to the city and that's exciting. And this this church feels like they really have energy and enthusiasm. And she particularly got involved with the young adult ministry. And over time, as, as is not a shocking turn of events, there was some leadership stuff and certain people were getting involved in leadership. And a dear friend of hers was on the leadership team with the young adult group. And then something started going wrong between the young adult pastor and this young woman and the friend that I'm now counseling uh, sometime later is, is just trying to help her friend process and feeling worked up for her friend. And, and, and it, it, one thing snowballed into another and uh, long story short, there ended up with sort of a group of them who felt like this isn't right. And I don't think that we're doing this leadership the right way. And the leadership on the other side saying, it feels like you guys are undercutting us. And yeah, you're forming a faction against the good things we're trying to do here. And and, and I, won't, I won't go into the various details of sorting through even how do you think about what was good and what was bad and who was right and wrong in any particular issue. What I'll simply say is it was messy. There was a lot going on. And, and here's this woman, you know, six, nine months later trying to say, how do I think about what just happened there. Was I completely wrong? Did, did I just totally torpedo this group? Did I, did I contribute to a, a division amongst God's family? Or was this you know, a spiritually abusive leadership? Were they just hard-hearted and, and against us? Were they pushing us out and they wouldn't listen and there, there was no humility? And how, how do I understand what just happened here? And we had lots of very helpful, in-depth conversations and she now lived far, far away from uh, the city where she had been. So it, there, there wasn't much that I was going to be able to do in terms of helping. Uh, I didn't didn't know any of the people in, in that particular church. So there wasn't going to be a mediatorial role for me. But I, I just tried to begin to sort out with her through these four lenses. What what can you see that you brought to this situation? And it was really rich how she, she quickly was able to identify some places where she could say, okay, you know, I, I can see that my pride was active here. There was a way in which I wanted to be the champion of my friend, and I may well have inflamed feelings of resentment in my friend by the, by the way I 
behave big because I I liked being someone she could turn to. I liked being that there there's something that felt good about having a, a little crusade, if you will, on my life that I could go on. As we talked about forgiveness, where are there places to forgive? Certainly, whatever else was true about the uh, the back and forth and, and, and the nuances of the various issues, it seemed beyond question that some of the ways that this this particular pastor in particular had spoken, the ways that he had spoken to others about uh, the woman I was counseling and about her friend and then about others, it had just been unkind. It had been unfair. It had not honored the, the genuine desires that were clearly there for reconciliation and, and so on and so forth. And so the the, the understanding of like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to say I was harmed. I was wrongly spoken of. My reputation was unfairly accused and the, the, there was gossip here and that had real impacts. And we'll get more to the impacts in a second. But but to be able to say, I, I want to be able to say, I forgive. And I find one of the most difficult things, especially when you're processing like, what just happened here? And I've got all these feelings and thoughts about how this went down. One of the trickiest things when when you're trying to figure out if you've processed well is even just being able to to simplify down and say, yeah, you know what? I can at least see that this was not good and this needs to be forgiven. And I don't have to endlessly take it back into court in my head and reprove to myself this was wrong. This is wrong. No, no, no. This really was wrong. And of course, that's that's a difficult thing because when you come out of a confusing situation where you've been hurt or something's been been broken, um, it's it's often difficult, especially if there's relational conflict at the center of it. It's often difficult to let go, to not keep reproving it to yourself because you know the other person and they have a very different opinion than you about what happened and what went down and why and who's to blame. So I think we're all tempted in those situations to to endlessly relitigate. And there's something beautiful about the way that forgiveness breaks breaks that compulsion to litigate yet again. But I was right, or was I right? <laughs> I think I was right. I No, 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 it's important that I get to the point where I can say I was right in all these things. When and where you can say, you know, here's what I brought, I repent. Here's what the other person brought, and I, I can forgive. And forgiveness is a difficult thing. This isn't a podcast on the complexities and the challenges of forgiveness. So uh, there, there's much more that could be said about how do you forgive, especially when it's difficult, and what does it look like to walk that out over time, um, and how does forgiveness intersect with uh, rebuilding trust, uh, reconciliation, and so on and so forth. Uh, those those are longer conversations for another day. But it's there's a powerful way where, where both of those break through the cycle that the confusion often pushes us into of relitigating. Thirdly, are there actions that need to be taken? Do I need to go back and have some kind of further conversation even after, okay, the, the situation has died down, I'm no longer a part of that church. Uh, one question she had is, is there more I need to say? And, and we concluded, and here I was I was grateful to to her, to her friend, to their friends around them, and to the church leadership as well. Everybody had done a good job of really trying to have the right conversations. There was not it wasn't like, yeah, we just we just shut this down and you just you're wrong and stop talking or uh, you know, we refuse to hear from this terrible leader. It's they really tried to talk it through and and our conclusion was, you know, we've we've said everything really that can be said, at least at this season. Um, there isn't going to be any value in pursuing another iteration of, yeah, sort of rehashing the places where we, we really see things differently about what happened and what would have been best and 
what was being valued by one person versus another. There was hurt and, and there was ultimately a splitting of, of fellowship and several people now at, at different churches. But it didn't seem that there was action to take there. And it didn't seem as we processed that there was any particular that there had been abuses of power by the leadership. There had been mistakes. There had been painful missteps. There had been sins, uh, some of which had been repented of, some of which didn't, didn't really seem to be acknowledged. But it didn't seem like there was more to be done other than to acknowledge that it had been painful and, and that it had been tried. And we were in Romans twelve eighteen. As far as it is possible for you, live at peace with everyone. And and beyond that, then you're going to, to leave things in the Lord's hands. And that leads us to the last point, which is lament. Lament is so uncomfortable. <laughs> it's so counterintuitive. It is so hard to, and especially as I think Western 21st century folks who have an addiction to comfort and quick results and, and feel like pain is an aberration from the norm and, and everything should be fixable with a, a pill or, or three steps or whatever. Uh, we, we don't like lament because lament doesn't fix anything. And yet it is so vital to wisdom, to obedience, to spiritual health, to godliness, to, to grow in the ability to lament, to simply speak to the Lord and say, Lord, here are the good gifts that you gave that are lost, that have been broken in this situation. Here is where the fallenness of this world has impacted me. So for this particular woman, she she was just processing, you know, I had so many good friends that I'm no longer in touch with. She ended up moving away from this city. She was in a job transition situation and chose to take a, a job far away that gave her the the opportunity to kind of start afresh. And, uh, and that was largely driven by the just the anguish of the broken fellowship in this particular church where it had already become effectively impossible as far as she and, and others could tell to move back into things. So again, we, we can have a longer conversation about how and when should you leave a church. That's not the point that I'm after here. All I'm trying to say is speaking of the loss of friendships, some of those because they're just people I don't see anymore. Some of those because I had massive conflict with this person and we couldn't resolve it in a way that worked well for both of us to continue on together. Some of it being, I liked things about living in the city and now I'm living in a more rural context again. Some of it being, I just feel, and I, I've shed tears more days than not for months. So many different places where this has just had impact. And she was speaking about that impact to me. And and we began to just say, how, how can we turn this towards the Lord? How can we turn this towards speaking about what has been painful and, and naming the losses, naming the griefs, pouring out out your heart to him in the in the thick of him, knowing he's given us the book of Psalms, the, the longest book in scripture, as a picture, as a lead, as, as a guide to this is what it looks like to speak about what is going on in your life, what's on your heart. If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know that is a, a drumbeat we come back to again and again is speak to the Lord. Speak to the Lord. Hear the Lord. Listen to him. Let him guide you. Let him lead you. And, and one of the most important things he will lead you into is speaking to him and then speaking to his people. I don't mean that in the sense of you have to talk to the Lord and then to others. I just mean the logical application, the logical outflow of having a God who hears and listens, who has an ear that is always attentive to our cry. The logical outflow of that is to speak to other people, to, to share that burden, to, to bear burdens together in part by sharing heartaches, by being able to speak to other people about what is on your heart, what's going on in your life, to pray with them and ask for help. 
uh, to, to lament as a way of handing to the Lord, yes, I have named this, I've grieved this, and if and as that loss comes back in my face, whether that's 10 seconds later or whether I'm feeling it afresh and anew in six months, to know again and again, I have the opportunity, I have the invitation, I have the open ear of the Lord who will never tire of hearing these things. And, and when I'm able to name them, and as I feel my losses to bring them to him, there is this thing that happens over time in which you don't necessarily stop feeling sad. Uh, you don't necessarily stop feeling a sense of, I wish that had been different. But there is a resolution that comes with naming and placing it again and again in God's hands. And as you find yourself naming the same thing over and over, there's a confirmation in that of, okay, I am seeing the key things that have been changed, that have been harmed, that are challenging. So I've been speaking about a, a more significant situation could we apply this to, I have a hangnail to, uh, ah, I forgot my lunch today and I'm hungry and now I'm kind of cranky about it. And have I really processed the situation? Yeah, you could. Uh, but of course, that's not where we spend our time. We only slow down and really think through, have I dealt with this well in, in more significant situations? Uh, at least in my experience, those are the conversations I have. And so my hope is that these four lenses, these four shelves, four buckets, four categories, whatever you want to call them, that they would be a way of helping you just as you think about things in your life and ask, you know, have I have I done a good job of of working through that? I hope that these would give you categories in which to say yes or no, or kind of, but maybe there's a bit more here, or even to have a conversation with a trusted friend where you could say, could we just talk this through? I'm wondering if there might be more here that I'm not seeing. What do you think? My prayer for you in all of this, as in all of the things that we face that are hard, is that whatever level of processing you've already done, whatever processing may or may not be left to do, that the fact that the Lord knows, that the Lord is the one to whom we entrust ourselves when we don't fully process and can't fully know and don't fully deal with things, we never can fully deal with anything at the depths of God's omniscient power, but that we would know him as the one who holds us in his hands and our hope is in him, not in our own processing.